most people resist market research for a number of reasons. And I would arguably say that it is the most important piece to the puzzle anytime you start to create a new course or program. Market research can save you a lot of time and money. Listen into this episode to hear why. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the She's Building a Dream podcast. I'm Kristen, and I am thrilled that you are here. I've been an online business owner for over seven years, but before that, I was a teacher with a master's degree for 10. Now I focus on helping online business owners like you learn how to create and design online courses that actually get their students results, which in turn will showcase you as the expert you are, create a bigger impact, and increase your income. If you love this episode, take a screenshot and post it on Instagram while also tagging me at She's Building a Dream so we can celebrate the work you are doing. Together, we are going to ignite your passion, create more income for your family, and make a bigger impact on the world. Let's transform your life and legacy starting right now. So this idea of market research, it can feel overwhelming and tedious. For most people, the reason why they don't do the market research is for one of two reasons. First, it feels boring or not useful. It feels kind of like a waste of time. They want to get started right away. They're really excited to create a course, to create a program, and they just want to jump in and get started. But the problem is if you get started on something that you have not validated yet with the market research behind it, you will be wasting a ton of time and probably money. I've seen it a time or two where a student has an idea for a course or a target market and they start creating this thing. And when they start doing the market research, they're finding that people actually don't want a course on that topic or they don't want a signature course. They want something else on this topic. And that's why it's easy to waste a lot of time and money creating something that people don't actually want because we think we know what they want, but we don't necessarily know what they want. So a lot of times people will resist doing the market research because it feels boring or not useful. I remember in a coaching session recently, someone said they pictured market research as people in white coats doing research. They didn't actually even understand what market research was. And that's what kind of gave me the inspiration for this exact episode. Another reason why people don't do the market research is because that imposter syndrome, it sneaks up. They're afraid that they might talk to people and find out that somebody doesn't want their course topic, or they might do the market research and find out that there's a lot of people doing a similar course, and they're afraid that they won't be able to then. But I'm telling you that if you don't do the market research behind your course and your course topic, it will delay your success for a multitude of reasons. Because when we're doing market research, not only are we validating the idea with talking to people, but we're also seeing what's out there in the marketplace. And when we're not actually collecting this information, we're kind of putting spaghetti or throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And what sticks might take you a really long time to nail down if you don't first talk to people about your course topic or do this research around it. Because we might just be spending so much time and money throwing spaghetti at the wall. People ask me all the time about using Facebook advertising. And Facebook advertising is great to put a megaphone at something that works, but if you're using it to validate something, it can be pretty scary how quickly you can rack up a bill in Facebook advertising for something that people don't actually want. 
So we want to make sure that we're doing this research so that we can find out if somebody actually would purchase our course and to find out what else is out there because we get ideas from how other people are structuring things. Now, I would never ever tell you to copy someone or do exactly what they're doing because that doesn't work for anybody. But when you go out there and you find inspiration with the way other people are doing things or the way they're packaging up things, it actually really helps. Kind of a spoiler alert, but nobody was born knowing everything there is about your topic. They have had experiences as well that have brought them into this. So when you see somebody successful in business, they weren't just born knowing how to run a business. They were actually getting their hands messy and dirty and finding out things along the way. And the more market research you can do, the faster you will speed up. Now, there's a few tips that I want to give you when you're thinking about doing market research or starting market research, because time and time again, students come into the effective course creator, they start doing the market research and they get cold feet. They're nervous because of the things they're finding online, or maybe something somebody said to them when they started talking to people about their topic, and it kind of starts to paralyze them and give them fear. I don't want that to happen. So I wanted to give you a few tips today. I want you to think about going into the market research with a mindset that you are going to get ideas and validate your messaging. So not only do you get ideas when you do market research, you also validate the way someone wants to be spoken to. Because when we can find what people are searching for, the way they're describing their problem in their own words, we can use that in our marketing materials. So you can't just come up with words out of thin air, or maybe you're doing the artificial intelligence way, which is great, but we need to hear it right from the source. We need to hear it right from people. How do they describe this problem that you are solving with your course? This helps to validate your messaging. It helps to validate how you speak to them, how you describe their problem. And just because someone else is doing something doesn't mean you cannot. Be careful because a lot of times people start doing this market research and they see other people doing what they are doing and they get lost in a rabbit hole of watching someone else doing something that they want to do. They think, oh my gosh, they've already got 400,000 followers. They've got five courses on this. They're super successful and I can't be because they already are. That is not true. What's true is that there is a market for it, that they have already helped to validate that market. They validated that people actually want this problem solved. They want to take a course on this topic. So just because someone else is doing something doesn't mean you cannot. Okay. And even if they have a big following and you don't, it is okay. Sometimes people want to learn from people with a smaller following because they have more time on their hands. People that have not had 300 students come into a course at a time can serve you at a different level. Because if you have 300 students coming in at one time, you can't give them the one-on-one help as much as someone who only has 10 people coming in at a time. There's a big difference. So some people prefer to learn from somebody who isn't as established, who doesn't have a big team of people behind them, who actually can talk to the source, can talk to the person that has the knowledge. Also, Another thing I want to bring up is that most times when people start doing market research and they start talking to someone about what they want to create a course on, someone will trip them up with their opinion. They'll either tell them, I would never pay for a course on that. I would not pay that much for a course. 
or I would only want to pay $10 for a course on that. And that will trip you up. Here's the thing. You can't take the opinion of one, two, three people. We need to talk to way more people than that. So if you're getting caught up on one person's opinion and making your decisions based on one person's opinion, you will never be successful because the people that you are trying to serve are way bigger than one person. So we want to make sure that we're not getting tripped up by that one opinion from others. It is so easy to do. I remember even when I named one of my products, the Magic Course Map, somebody that I was friends with, I had talked to her about the product I was launching. I told her what I was calling it. And she said that she didn't like the the title of the product. And And I was thinking, okay, that's great. Sorry, you don't like the title. And I started to get a little nervous. But the more people I talked to, the people wanted that title. They liked the title, Magic Course Map. It said what the product was and they liked the word magic in it. So I went with it and it blew up. Over 800 people have now purchased the Magic Course Map. And if I would have listened to one person's opinion on a title, I would have been kind of dragging my feet probably another three months as I'm trying to name something just based on an opinion of one person. We cannot base opinions on one person. That's why market research is kind of a combination of all sorts of things. I'm going to tell you what they are in a minute, but they're all sorts of things go into market research. You're kind of like a private investigator, kind of a spy trying to see what other people are doing. I actually really enjoy market research because I find it intriguing to see what people are doing online. Now, It's easy for me to say that when I'm actually researching a niche that I'm not in, or it's easy for me to say that because I've already been established with my audience and my messaging. It's easy for me to say that, yes, but also no. Sometimes I come across people that are doing something similar to me and I start to get the imposter syndrome. But I tell myself again that they aren't me. They don't have the same experience as me. They don't have the same background as me. They don't have the same messaging as me. And so my program my teaching is going to be different. You just have to think about that when you're going into it. Already have that mindset before you start. And you know what? Market research never ends. You need to get good at finding information without getting stuck on your mindset or going down that rabbit hole because you will continuously do market research every time you launch a new product, every time you find a new freebie for an email list, every time you try to write a sales page every time you try to write an email. You're always doing that market research to see the way that your ideal students are describing that problem. Another idea for you to stop the imposter syndrome, to stop yourself from going down rabbit holes, is to have a place where you can dump ideas. Trello is really good for this, or even a Google Drive folder with a Google Doc inside. Dump the idea and move on. If you see something that somebody is doing, you think, oh gosh, I like the way they structured this program, grab the link, put it in a Trello board or a Google Drive and save it for later. So that later when you think, oh, that's right, I really liked their idea of structuring this program, then you can go back and look at it and remember instead of going down this rabbit hole. And another tip for you, try to find a parallel market to yours. If you are only searching for market research inside your market, now, of course, we want to validate our exact niche and topic, 
But if you're only searching in there, you are only going to keep getting bombarded with everybody else that's doing something similar. And your mind's going to tell you that there isn't room for you in the market, or your mind's going to tell you that you are not good enough and you are an imposter and they're better than you, those kind of things. So if that's happening to you, try to find a parallel market, something that's similar, but does not solve the same problem as you. Try to find something similar. So if you are creating a course on decluttering your home, For moms, try to find a course on budgeting for moms. It's parallel. And then you can say, I like the way that she talked to the mom about this. I like the way she structured this. I like the way that he had this many modules. I liked how he had this, right? So we can kind of do that parallel market research as well. That really helps us to get more ideas and kind of go away from where our niche and where our market is. Because the last thing we ever want to do is be accused from somebody of copying them. There are many people in the online space that have scarcity mindsets, and they spend the majority of their time actually watching to see if somebody is copying them. And that scarcity is constantly haunting them. And the last thing we want is for you to create something similar to someone and for them to come to you and say, you copied me. Because nobody wants that. So we want to make sure that we are doing some parallel market research as well. So we are doing things different, setting ourselves apart from other people. We don't want to be the same as someone, but yet we want to validate that that idea is actually a topic. When I started coming up with the idea of course creation, but talking about the course curriculum, I had to dive a little, I had to dig a little deeper because there aren't a lot of people out there talking about course curriculum when it comes to course design. They're talking a lot about the marketing, the hosting it on a webinar, challenge, making sales, that kind of thing. But I really wanted to talk about all of it because a lot of people come to me saying, that's great. I can sell something, but I don't know how to create it first. I need to know how to create it before I can move further. So what I did was I started doing some market research around it, and I had to kind of pull out a different kind of few key words and things, trying to find different ideas of the way that people would word something and that kind of thing. And I actually came across a lot of college universities. Now, that's a more of a parallel market for me. So universities are advertising instructional designing in a different way. So I was able to look and say, okay, these are the things they teach in this college course. That makes sense. I better include that or a topic like that in my course. So it's not that I took the college course and made it mine by no means. I just looked to see what kind of topics they were talking about. It's kind of what that chat GPT thing does now, the artificial intelligence thing. It's kind of what that does. It helps you to kind of get that springboard of ideas. That's really what market research is for. Helps you to validate your topic, plus get that springboard of ideas. So where do you do this market research? I know that's probably what you're thinking by now. There's a couple of places that I recommend. First, Google searches. And don't just search one way. Get creative with the way you word things, the way you word the sentence, or rearrange the words, or explain it in a different way, or say it in a different way when you're doing that Google re- Google search. Another idea is Pinterest. Look on Pinterest because a lot of people will post their blogs, pin their blogs, pin different ideas. You can also see the way that people are typing into the search bar on Pinterest because Pinterest is truly a search engine. So you can see the way people are typing in their keywords on Pinterest, just like you can with Google. Then also look at the Amazon book reviews. Now this is a secret because a lot of my clients get really surprised with this. Amazon book 
reviews. So I recently was talking to a client who's creating a course for highly sensitive homeschool moms. And we were talking about market research. She had no idea what market research was. So I was showing her how you do it. And I was telling her about Amazon book reviews. You can go on Amazon, type in highly sensitive child or highly sensitive parenting or something like that, find a book and see what people are saying about the reviews. Because in those reviews, people are describing their problem. They're saying why they came to this book. Why did they look at the book? Why did they want the book? That is gold for you because it's the same thing with why would they want a course like yours? Then also check out some Facebook groups. Poke around in some Facebook groups. Don't necessarily post or anything. Just kind of see what people are doing. Facebook groups have search tools. So you can go into a Facebook group, use the search bar, and actually search for your topic. So again, the highly sensitive homeschool moms. What I did with this client, we went on Facebook and we typed in highly sensitive homeschooling. And several different Facebook groups came up. Well, if she is in those Facebook groups, she can see what the conversation is, see the way people are wording things, see the problems they're talking about and the questions they have. I'm not telling you to go in there and poach and sell and that kind of thing. I'm just telling you to go in there and see what people are saying. That is really, really good place to hang out. Also, make sure you check out with your current network or your email list. But beware, they need to be your ideal student. You can't just ask your grandma or your uncle if they're not typically your target market. So check out with your current network. See if you can meet with some people, ask them some questions, get their ideas. And again, just like I told you about the friend that didn't like a title of something for me, always know that your network, your current network, depending on how close you are to them, they're going to be probably a little bit more truthful than you want sometimes. And that's okay. But make sure you kind of validate what they're saying with someone else too. Also check out your email list. Don't be afraid to send out email list surveys or three questions to your email list and have them respond in some sort of way, asking them what they would like to learn from you. Ask those open-ended questions. What would you like to learn from me? What is your biggest problem when it comes to homeschooling as a highly sensitive person? Those kind of things. Be careful not to say, how much would you pay for a course on? Or would you pay for a course on? Because you're not presenting them with the problem and solution. So you're not showing them that you can actually help them solve the problem. You're presenting them with price. And we want to stay away from that because that will trick our mindset for sure. So go in it with just asking open-ended questions, just trying to get information. So you can send out some surveys using something like SurveyMonkey or Google Forms, something like that, asking people to take your survey. You can make it anonymous so that they can actually say a little bit more on the survey. This is huge. I once had a client that did a survey and she was actually kind of sad by the results that she got because what she found is that people didn't want to take a course on her topic. They would rather hire someone for that instead of taking a course on that. But it was really good, valuable information because she was able to pivot and find a different course topic that would work for her. And again, don't be afraid to talk to people. Offer some free coaching calls, some coffee chats, and take notes like a mad person. Take a lot of notes. What are they saying? And ask them even if you can record it because it will help you to have the language and the wording that they use describing their problem, their frustrations, what does life look like for them when they're trying to solve this problem. But I want to caution you again. Don't get caught up on the opinion of one or a few people. You need to talk to a lot of people before you can make a decision about your course or business. 
I'm talking more than 30 people, not two, not three. You really want to talk to people. And talking doesn't need to necessarily be on the phone. If you get in some of those Facebook groups where people are talking about the topic and it's very interesting to you, don't be afraid to comment and say, why is this a struggle for you? Have you ever thought about trying this? Open-ended, kind questions, asking them, and you'll see what they come up with. And we always want to know where people are at. What have they tried to solve the problem? So by asking these open-ended questions, we can kind of see what have they already tried? What are they asking for? And what have they already tried to do in order to solve this problem? Now, I promise you, market research is not a waste of time. The more you do it, the more intrigued you'll be with what people are actually doing out there, the businesses people have, the things that they're doing, the way that they structure things. Please, please don't get caught up in just because someone is successful with a membership, you need a membership. Or because somebody is successful with a webinar, you need a webinar. Or because somebody has this topic, you can't do it. Don't get caught up in it. Put your blinders on, your mindset blinders on. You're just purely going at it for the information only. Start doing that market research around your course topic and you will be surprised what you find. Then grab a Trello board or a Google Doc and start putting those things in what you find. Because the more content you create, the more sales pages and emails and things you create, even Instagram posts that you create, you will want to go back to that information and create some content based on what that is saying. My best content has always come from the words people have said in market research. It's always the best way to describe somebody's problem is coming right from the words of your student because we think we know what their problem is. We think we know how to help them. We think we know what they want to hear, but it might not necessarily be the truth. Come chat with me over on Instagram and let me know if this is really helpful for you. And I'd love to hear about your market research.